So you're thinking about hosting a meetup group. You're a voice actor. You're an entrepreneur. You're a VOpreneur. Welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The Voice Sam Player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. The VOpreneur Podcast. Hey, it doesn't suck. Not as funny as Conan. Not as cute as Seth Meyers. Not as smart as Colbert. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Here's Mark Scott, the original everyday VOpreneur. Hello and welcome to the Everyday VOpreneur Podcast, your guide through the business of voiceover. I'm Mark Scott, the original Everyday VOpreneur, ready to dive into another episode filled with actionable, practical advice that you can use to grow your voiceover business. Now, just before we get started into this week's episode, can you do two quick favors for me? First and foremost, if you're listening, let me know you're listening. Tag me in your Instagram stories, at Mark Scott, and share the podcast And would you be willing to take a minute to share a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to let people know that you love the Everyday Vopreneur podcast? I would really be grateful. So over the last two years, I think that it has been really, really hard for the voiceover industry in the social aspect. We haven't been able to get together like we have in the past, or at least in a lot of areas, we haven't been able to get together like we have in the past. Yes, there's been a lot of Zoom meetings and Zoom conferences and all of that sort of stuff, but it's not the same as getting together with people in person. Thankfully, our ability to get together with people in person is starting to come back, which means that if you have run a meetup group in the past and maybe it has fallen by the wayside, or if you're thinking maybe you would like to run a meetup group because, hey, you just want to hang out with some voice actors, I think this episode is going to be really, really helpful for you. Working as a voice actor can be isolating, especially after the last two years of various and assorted levels of restrictions and lockdowns, depending on where you are. Working all day in our little padded rooms can be enough to make you sometimes feel like you legitimately belong in a padded room of a slightly different kind. One way to get a little socialization, maybe a little support, a little education, maybe some mentorship all at the same time, is to participate in a meetup group. And my guest today has been helping to run a group that does just all of those things. Welcome to the show, Zach Sage. Hey, how you doing? I am doing very well. I'm really looking forward to talking to you about this because I think that meetup groups, although a lot of places have been meeting virtually for the last couple of years, kind of out of necessity, I also know that there are a lot of people that are talking about finally being able to get it going back in person. I know a lot of voice actors obviously very excited about something like VO Atlanta and finally getting to to go back in person. And so for people who have spent the last two years just really feeling like they're missing people, I think the, the meetup groups give us a really great opportunity to just hang out, right? Yeah, absolutely. They are, like, it's it's funny, we're all very siloed <laughs> in, yep. in VO. Uh, so I think we, even before the pandemic, I think a lot of us didn't necessarily get out there. And it's just so important to... Like, I don't know about anyone else, but uh, I always felt like I was a little bit introverted. But once I started getting into VO and meeting people and hanging out with them, I actually found out that that wasn't so much the case. Just when you kind of find your tribe, uh, it kind of goes from interactions draining you to 
interactions giving you energy. And yeah, just the, that, that kind of was uh, an impetus for me to want to really lean in and um, make even more of one. Because in Vancouver, we didn't, we didn't really have something uh, that I had in mind. So, you know, be the change you want to be, right? <laughs> I love that you said, you know, being introverted, but when you found your tribe, that all changed. And that I can 100% relate to because in a lot of cases, I, I say like I am borderline hermit, but <laughs> put me in a room with a bunch of voice actors and it is a very different scenario. Put me in a room with a bunch of other people and it's completely draining and emotionally exhausting and, and all of that. But put me in a room with voice actors, something totally different. So I, I can I can relate to that. So Give us a little bit of a backstory on your group in particular and, and how it came to be. And you guys are meeting in Vancouver. Uh, so we're talking British Columbia for anybody that uh, wasn't sure on the on the geography. Yeah, BC, Canada. There is a Vancouver uh, in the States, but yeah, we're the Canadian one. Yeah, it actually started at VO North, the online version, uh, funnily enough. Uh, so they had this uh, really cool networking section of it where it was all of us. You might have actually been there for this where they shuffled everybody around into like groups of like five or six for a few minutes at a time. And then we shuffled again and shuffled again and shuffled again. And every time I came across somebody that was uh, from my area, I just note them down. And then afterwards I found their contact info and was like, hey, would you like to be a part of uh, an accountability group that where we just basically all support each other's careers and figure out everything together? And most of them were like, heck yeah, let's do this. Um, so we actually started on Zoom because uh, this was kind of in the middle of the pandemic still. And once a week, we met up, we uh, got our websites up and running, we figured out our marketing, our, um, our brands, commented on each other's demos, and you know, just basically support celebrating each other's wins, being accountable to goals. And once that was established, it really like, well, to me, I always wanted to have it live. Um, of course, in COVID, you couldn't have it live. So we kind of were just living with um, having it online. But the goal was always in person. And eventually, once things started dying down, we had those little pockets where people could like go out again. I'm like, okay, now's the time. You got to take advantage of those while they lasted because in Canada, they were teases, right? It's like, oh, here's your freedom for two weeks or three weeks, and then we're going to lock you down again. <laughs> Absolutely. It was maddening. And even now there's a part of me going like, is it going to just, uh, but I'm hoping not. Like everything's. Don't really say it. Don't jinx up. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So at the beginning, when we all started getting together, we met at a bar and it was mostly just like, it was hanging out, having a good time. And we were talking about VO. There was a part of me that was worried that, you know, VO wouldn't really come up and it would just be like friends hanging out, which is great. But, you know, I really had this vision for an industry event. And it was great. We, we talked about VO like the whole time. Uh, we were all like super into it. I, it helps that we have like a bunch of like really committed people. So that really helped, uh, you know, kind of keep things on track. And, you know, I thought there was going to be hiccups or there was going to be like weird little things. But no, like everybody was like, this is awesome. Let's do more of this. And my personality is very much, you know, more, bigger, better. So uh, as soon as it got over a certain amount of people, then we went and booked a venue uh, like a bigger venue, and it kind of just blew up from there. So it started out as an accountability group, which I'm guessing was just a handful of people, right? If you're having an accountability group meeting on a on a week to week basis, yes. But you've allowed it to to blossom from there. Now, does the accountability group still meet in in its yes. original form? And then the the meetups are like a a secondary thing that you're doing. Yeah. So we have like the core group that's always been there. That's uh, I think eight of us are in there. 
Um, and we still do that meet. And the live event is a bigger thing with kind of a wider group. And it's, yeah, I guess it's basically that eventually I want to have like put like a, like a Slack channel for everybody. I haven't quite done that yet just because I want to make sure there's like enough critical mass that isn't going to be, um, you know, that there will be like enough activity in it. Right. Yep. But yeah, they're, they're pretty separate now. Although everybody that goes to, you know, all the, all the people that go to the online one come to the, uh, the live ones uh, and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty separate for now. One of the things that I like that you said was you started by meeting at a bar. And yeah. it's one of those things where it's so simple, but because I don't know if it's like a voiceover thing or, 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 you know, because we're all creatives or what it is, we tend to overthink everything. So somebody who's thinking about putting one of these on is probably trying to figure out all of the logistics of how does this work? You know, where do I find an event space? Blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, yeah, we just met at a bar. Well, I mean, anybody can do that. That's not hard to do. That's not hard to, to organize. So, you, you know, you start small and, and you let it grow from there, which I know that you have done. So... Let's first talk, I mean, we touched on this a little bit. COVID impacted the strategy a bit. So, you know, there were times where you probably could continue meeting at a bar or whatnot, but I'm guessing there were times where that had to go virtual because of lockdowns, restrictions, et cetera. So talk to us a little bit about the in-person versus virtual versus hybrid, where you've been, you know, in the last year and, and how you see it going forward. Yeah, so we had our... Uh, first couple events, like you said, at the bar, uh, and it was super great. And then things kind of like died down again where you couldn't go out. And so we, what we didn't, we didn't actually, um, do any virtual versions of the larger event just cause I thought like logistically it, you know, it might not be, um, I don't know, it just, it, it might not work properly. And the hope was always that, oh, it's just going to be another like two months anyway, because these live events are really intended only to be like every about two months. Um, they want, I want them to be more of an, uh, event rather than just like a thing you do all the time. That being said, we are, we did just get some space for some, uh, workouts. Uh, basically, a CEO of a, of a studio around here said, yeah, uh, you can use our space after hours every once in a while and do some things. So I'm, I'm hoping to have like some smaller, like little satellites and then with the centralized bigger event every, every two months or so. Uh, going forward once everything is kind of like back to normal and we can actually count on <laughs> there being a uh, a proper schedule to things. You've really got three different things going on then, or you you will ultimately, right? You've got your smaller accountability group, which was the core of how it all began. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your larger in-person groups that, you know, anybody's welcome to. You're going to do these every couple of months or whatever. But now you're, you've got a, an, another branch coming off of that tree, so to speak, where you're going to have these meetups where you get together in a studio. I'm assuming you're going to do script runs and and all of that sort of stuff. Is that kind of the plan then? Yes. Semi, pretty regularly um, in in shorter intervals, the workout groups and then the big events that kind of ties everyone together. And then um, my online group with that same core group. Although I think I'm, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with putting it online to like, you know, having the whole community be able to interact with each other at spaces, not just, you know, at the big events. So. It's all, it's all like, you know, we've done quite, we've done a few, but it's, I still consider it early days. (laughs) It's interesting just to hear all the different options that are out there, right? Because I think that's part of it too, is I want to do a meetup group, but how is this going to work? Well, I mean, you've got, really, you've got three unique things going on. Different ones are going to appeal to different people in different audiences, which, which means that there's 
more of an opportunity for inclusion because not everybody's going to want to do all three, but every, you know, a lot of people might want to do one of those things, be in accountability or go to the studio for workouts or just be a part of the larger social events or whatever. So it's, it's just, it's interesting to hear how different people structure it and how they make it work so that it can inspire anybody who's thinking about running a group or currently running a group. You know, where do we grow from here? How do we tweak it? How do we make it better? Now, you said that you had the opportunity, courtesy of a CEO of a, of a local studio, to get studio space. Talk to me about the logistics of booking spaces for the larger meetup groups. How has that worked in the past? Where have you looked for that? Are you talking about, like, you know, a hotel conference room or, uh, you know, like a local service club has their building or you book the basement out of a church? Or what are you doing for stuff like that? Uh, yeah, that was a definitely a little bit of a headache at the beginning. Um, I'm lucky in that I have a bit of a background in event management, and so does my co-organizer, uh, Danny. And uh, at the beginning, well, the bar was pretty simple. Although it's funny because call a couple if the first one that picks up says, oh, yeah, um, you know, minimum minimum fee between everyone is $1,000. Because they basically what they do is they say, like, oh, if everybody... Uh, if everybody's food and drink adds up to a thousand dollars, then then it's free. If not, you got to pay. They're like, don't do that. There's bars that if you're like a dozen people, they're like, yeah, we'll put two tables together and you're fine. Right. And that's <laughs> that's all you need to do. Once it gets bigger than that, like I mean, you can get like one big long table at a place, but what you kind of run into is basically people only talking to who's across from them or beside them yeah. all night. And we want to make an experience where people can get up, walk around. And so that kind of came to the bigger venue. And so we were looking around and what I found actually five minutes down the road to my house is this beautiful art center where they usually do theater. And, you know, they, they fill up their theater, um, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that kind of thing. But they have very little going on on Mondays and Tuesdays. And they had this gorgeous lobby. And that's what we booked. We just said like, hey, can we um, book this particular space? Um, they have a bar and it's all yeah, it's super nice. And yeah, they give it to us for a, a really good price. If you go to dedicated event spaces where they have a big billboard that says, you know, run your event here, they're going to charge through the nose for you. Look right. for places that have space available that they're not using all the time and ask if you can pay them to use it. And a lot of the time they are happy for the extra revenue. <laughs> the art studio thing is really smart. Actually, that reminds me of the first VO North, the first in-person VO North was was held at a, a space that was kind of like that, like a community art space and it was a really really cool venue so that's a that's a smart one to think about i mean there's a lot of places where you can go outside of you know booking a hotel conference room or something like that so absolutely keep your eyes open to the possibilities and hey you make some connections as well while you're while you're at it marketing your voice over business can seem like a really daunting frustrating and overwhelming task trying to figure out who you need to reach out to trying to find them trying to figure out what to say, how it all comes together, and definitely not wanting to come across like you're being salesy or pushy. I understand that. And that is why I built the voiceover marketing playbook. I wanted to create a course that would give you really actionable, practical advice. Here's the people you need to be looking for. Here's where you need to find them. Here's what you need to say. Here's how you follow up. Here's ways to use email. Here's ways to use social media. Everything is just laid out literally like a playbook. Step by step. Do this, do this, do this, do this. It's all actionable, practical advice. If you are not confident with your marketing or if you're not doing marketing because you just don't know what to do, the playbook can solve all of that for you. 
Voiceover Marketing Playbook is going to be available again April 12th through the 21st, 2022. This is a six plus hour video course that is going to teach you how to find your own leads, build your own client base, and become the consistently working voice actor that you want to be. All of the details when it is released will be available at voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. That's voiceovermarketingplaybook.com. And the release is happening April 12th to 21st, 2022. Now back to our show. Talk to me about your meetings. Do you have a, a format that you follow? Uh, are you doing script reads? Are you bringing in guests? Are there themes that you kind of stick to from meeting to meeting? What, what does the agenda kind of look like? Yes. So um, I have a background working uh, in the tech industry, and we, I used to attend these really, really awesome events that were uh, run by project managers. So, of course, they all have every everything in a row, right? Um, they would basically uh, book space at one of the local businesses, and the format would be there would be a guest um, or an expert that would um, talk to the general audience, followed by mingling, you know, eat, drink, and be merry, everybody hanging out. And I wanted to duplicate that event because it just was so, it was just such a great format. So that's what we do. Every every event we have an expert and I interview them uh, basically like, you know, kind of like what we're doing right now. I call it like fireside chat style when it's in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we talk back and forth for a little while, and then we open it up to the Q&A uh, where people in the audience can ask questions. Also, if the numbers aren't too prohibitive, we encourage everybody to have a second to stand up and um, introduce themselves and just say like what they're about, what their expertise is, what they're looking to get out of the group. So everybody kind of knows each other. And so you can say, oh, that person works on this. I'm going to talk to them and, you know, makes a little bit of a pretty good thing like that. But afterwards, we usually there's enough left over that we all end up back at the bar anyway, because we like book the venue for a couple hours. And then right. there's a couple stragglers and they're like, all right, let's go and keep the party going. You know, it's like a ton of fun. It's I, I make it sound very like um, very businesslike, but it's all very goofy. I mean, we are a bunch of voice actors after all. Well, but you know what? It, to, to really make something casual and comfortable, there does have to be an element of preparation and planning. Right. If you just go in there and wing it, then it ends up being a waste of everybody's time because you don't really do the things that you want to do. So it's it's interesting to hear how you're formatting it and and you know, knowing that you have a plan but also knowing that you're trying to just keep it fun for everyone. Talk to me about your guests then. How do you go about finding experts? Are we talking about the the traditional, you know, recognized coaches and demo producers or are you thinking outside of the box on some of your guests? What what are your what's your strategy or some of your strategies that you use for doing that? The nice thing about being the organizer is that you can kind of use it to scratch whatever itch that you're looking to scratch at that yeah. point. So it's like oh, there a lot of the topics come from like, okay, this is what's really like important to um, myself and the people that I immediately like kind of know are are focusing on something. Um, but also like it, it kind of comes down to who's available. And we just basically have a list. Uh, myself and Danny, we have a list of people we're connected to that we know would be really solid um, experts. And then basically when it comes time, we work down the list and see who's available. And then it kind of, um, boils out from there. Um, it's of course local people. So, um, you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of people, um, if you're ever, you know, if you're kind of a a big name in the VO industry and you happen to be in town for one of the events, you know, awesome. Love to have you. That's, that's, you know, I I want it to be more complicated than that, but really it's just a list of names that, (laughs) that have all, that we all know are pretty solid. So one of the big questions that I know is going to come from this is is budget. So mm-hmm. we've got budget for a space, potentially budget for booking guests. I don't know. Maybe some 
Some meetup groups pay their guests. Some meetups don't. What kind of strategy do you have for handling the the financial side of things then? Right now, well, at the when it's a, all a bunch of people at a bar, it's just everybody just uh, they spend as much as they drink, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's easy. But when you get up to the uh, the bigger event space, that can run the gamut of cost. I floated the first event because I really just wanted to bring people in and show them, look at this, right? If you do something that's never been done before and then put a ticket price, you know, people are going to be like, I'm going to stay home. So I really wanted to make sure people knew it was going to be solid before I, you know, made anyone um, commit to anything. And it's, um, it's it's not prohibitively expensive. Using the art center is enough that it's not cheap, but it's doable for someone who's committed. And going forward, I uh, we're, we are putting a ticket price on it, basically 12 bucks, not a lot. And eventually once we, like that'll basically just cover the cost of the venue itself. Um, I'd love to be able to offer free beer and pizza at some point, but maybe that's a job for a sponsor down the road. Yeah. But that's pretty much, yeah, just if you, the better deal you can find is, uh, is really going to, is really going to help there. As far as guests, all of our guests have been pro bono, I guess. I really want to, like, I struggle with that because like, this is very community oriented. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not opposed to, um, paying someone, but I'm also just want people to kind of be there for the sake of being there. Um, you know, having someone fly in from out of town or something, I mean, that would probably be a little bit, that's a little bit beyond the scope right now. I'm just hoping that local people in the community, want to do that. And actually, that's who our next guest is going to be. He's the studio manager at um, uh, a studio that's worked on a lot of video games. And so he's going to come in and specifically, we're going to talk about how he interacts with, because they do all of their stuff online. So he's going to talk about how he sets up talent to do bookings with, what do you call it? Uh, equipment they send. Okay. So it's like, it's, it's, it's like kind of in depth. So but that's, you, that's the kind of thing. Where else are you going to get that kind of education for a $12 ticket price? I mean, honestly, like $12 yeah. is the price of going to a movie versus, you know, signing up for a webinar that costs $47, $97, $147, $350, whatever it is, right? Like 12 bucks to go hang out and get that kind of firsthand knowledge and, and interaction. Not to mention the fact that you get to meet the person, you know, you get to have a little FaceTime with them or whatever. 12 bucks seems like a pretty reasonable price for that. It does. I, I very, I very worry about, uh, you know, I think it's that thing a lot of VOs have a problem with is like, oh, how much, you know, we don't want to charge for anything is that we should, but yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. If you can't find people that are willing to pay 12 bucks for something like that, I question their actual level of commitment because. (laughs) Yeah. I figure anyone, anyone, uh, who's, who's serious about it can, can confront that cost. Yeah. It's interesting to hear. I mean, I know in the past I have spoke at meetup groups and and some of them have been paid and some of them haven't. And a couple of times I've been asked for a price and most of the time I'm just like, you know, just whatever. I, you know, I don't like for me, it, it is a really good opportunity to get to meet some people that build, build my, on my credibility and and my authority and, you know, show some people who maybe aren't familiar with me, what I'm about and, and what I have to offer or whatever. So, I mean, I think there's on the speaker's side of it, there's absolutely value in, in doing these events, you know, whether you're getting paid or not. So I think it's a, a really good opportunity to do. And, and I mean, I'm always looking for an opportunity to, to head back to British Columbia. It's been a long time since I've been there and it's beautiful. And, and then I've got some family out there. So, you know, well, we will have to talk, you know, maybe, maybe oh, this summer. <laughs> we'd love to have you. That'd be, yeah, that'd be fantastic. That'd be awesome. All right. So talk to me about, let's talk from the voice actor standpoint, not from yes. the organizer standpoint. Let's go strictly from the voice actor standpoint. 
what are some of the key benefits that you enjoy being part of the group? Because I think for for people who are thinking that they want to organize one of these, this is the data that really matters. What what are the voice actors looking for or what are the voice actors getting out of these or or what do the voice actors hope to get out of these that really yes. makes it worthwhile? Totally. This is a thing where we really so for this event we really wanted to make it for people who were working um, industry professionals. And something I actually didn't mention earlier was that this group isn't just for voice actors, theoretically. Um, we've had engineers, studio engineers, um, you know, a showrunner be their agents, basically anyone that works in and around VO. Uh, because uh, and a little backstory is uh, sort of the video games industry and the animation industry in Vancouver have a lot of these meetups where just everybody that works at a studio goes and hangs out at a bar and it doesn't matter what they do. They all hang out together. And I think that's super valuable as well. So it is very, it's definitely VO focused. The vast majority of our attendees are VOs, but um, you know, you have the odd other person kind of come in, but they're all actively working in the industry. And so there's a ton of beginner stuff out there. Um, but then there's kind of this abyss once you kind of get through all the beginner stuff. And that's where kind of the value to the working VO kind of comes in this group, because we wanted it to be a place where you could continue your education, where you could learn as well as teach, because, you know, VO has got its silos, right? You know, just because you're good at narration doesn't mean you're good at animation, doesn't mean you're technical, doesn't mean whatever. So even if you're at the top of your game in one thing, you can come to this event and learn from other people. And the community element is another big one too, because I think a lot of the time VO events cater to beginners. So people that are on the upper end maybe are leery about showing up because say, if you're an agent, you're just going to be fielding pitches the whole time. If you've been on all the big cartoons in town, you're going to get people that are just mostly fanning over you. And we really wanted to make this a place for peers where you could just let your hair down and enjoy yourself and learn something at the same time. That's really interesting and something I hadn't thought of before. So do you set any kind of ground rules around that, that, you know, if you're bringing an agent in, for example, or you're bringing uh, somebody, you know, from one of these video game companies in, are there ground rules ahead of time that are like, look, you can, you can talk to this person, you can ask questions, you can, you know, network or whatever, but don't try to hand them your demo or your resume or try to pitch them or, or whatever the case may be. That's something I would have never even thought about, but I can see that happening. Yeah. And that's kind of the understanding. Um, I don't think it's set out. We have set out in writing on, on the page that's basically says like, if you're an absolute beginner that doesn't know where to go, this isn't the place for that. I basically say like, email me, I will put you, point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But if you're, you know, already paying your bills with VO and you're, you know, you're not at the point where you're like, oh, please, anything that's when you can kind of come into it. And yeah, like it, it's kind of like that networking. I don't like to use the word networking event because it always like has that little bit of a business dry right. kind of thing, but it is um, at the end of the day. Everybody there kind of has the understanding that you A, have something to offer, but you're not like, that's not the reason you're there. Like people will exchange business cards if, you know, somebody is like super good at video games and that guy's there. He might go like, oh, oh God, yeah apply to my roster. Why not? But that's like not the focus. It should all be, everybody should be happy to field kind of stuff from everybody else here. And there's a difference between being asked and lining up to pitch an offer, right? Like yes. To two totally different things. But hey, that's one of those things that 
if you're organizing one of these or thinking about organizing one of these, it's it's something that you might not have previously thought about that you should. Which brings me to, I guess, another question then for the talent who is thinking about starting up one of these groups, or maybe somebody's already running one, but they're just kind of settled into a groove right now and they're trying to figure out how do we how do we level up? Like, what are some of the what are some of the key pieces of advice that you could offer on how to make their meetup just that much better, that much more appealing? Uh, really be committed to quality. I wanted to make sure that the event on our side, you walk in the doors and go, wow, okay, this is a space where they got their ducks in a row and then they meet us and it's fun and it's all a good time. There's a, I think there's an adage in, in the business world that says you have a culture whether or not you create one. Mm-hmm. And you have to focus on that. You have to focus on what your target audience is, who you're serving by being here, and what you what you want out of the group. Because like your first 10 attendees can really shape how yeah. everything, you know, why is so let's let's use online platforms as an example. Why are some platforms known for being super toxic and some known for being super wholesome? My hypothesis on that is was it just the first random batch of people that came in? happen to set it in a direction. And because the platforms didn't specifically say, hey, this is how we want you to behave on our platform, it kind of just stumbled out from there. Right. So just really, really keep that in mind. And you don't have to be like a um, a dictator about it, but just in how you act, make it known. And yeah, <laughs> make sure your first 10 attendees are pretty wholesome people and that'll come out from there. <laughs> I think it, identifying your customer avatar, I think, is is really important, right? Like figuring out who who do I want to reach? Is this going to be a group for for new voice actors who are st- starting out? Is this going to be a group for more seasoned professionals who are looking to go to the next level? Is this a a group for you know people who are making money and and just need a, a community to hang out in or whatever? Like I think there's there's a lot of different directions that you can go, and I think it's important to try to identify that upfront so that you're not necessarily trying to be all things to all people because I I don't. I don't know that in this case that that works. No, it it absolutely doesn't. Because just taking the beginner versus intermediate stance, it's the questions a beginner asks aren't relevant to somebody on the higher end. And likewise, the stuff that's relevant to people that are down the road a little bit aren't even relevant to a beginner because a beginner will be overwhelmed. They're like, I don't even know what mic to get yet. And you're talking about all this high level stuff. So it's it's good to separate it uh, a little bit. So if you were going to do something, or maybe you do this, do, do, you, do you have events where you would specify this is going to be more of a, a beginner's or this is going to be a more of an advanced? Or have you just identified your audience and you just build your events around that one core audience? Right now, it's all about the core audience. Um, I do have the little note. like I, I basically have a little sign up on, on my website for, uh, for the jam. That's what it's called, True North VO Jam. But And it basically says, if you are a beginner. Email me and I will point you in the right direction. And if enough people do that, yeah, I think I will um, do a, do like a little event just for beginners and showing them the ropes and doing that kind of thing. I'd love to do that. It's just, but yeah, for now, all about the, Focus the, the um, established players. So from a logistical standpoint, space is one of the things we've got to think about. Guests is one of the things we got to think about. Agenda is one of the things that we need to think about. Are there any other logistical aspects of putting together one of these that somebody who's organizing one might be overlooking right now or somebody who's thinking about organizing one might be overlooking hmm those are the, those are the main ones you know if, if you figure out where you're where you're gonna go how much it's gonna cost and who's coming 
Um, everything else pretty much fills out from there. It's, it's kind of minutia after that, but I can tell you a couple things we did to go above and beyond. Um, you know, my, the, the, our venue does not by default offer bar service. You know, I paid a little extra of a fee so people could go, you know, buy a cider or a beer or something like that. I just think that's a nice thing to add. Mm-hmm. Also, we, you know, we went out to Costco and got a bunch of, you know, refreshments and little extras. We set out a nice table so people can get, you know, a free bag of chips or some cookies or some tea or something. You know, just little additions. It doesn't cost very much. And when people see it, when they walk in the door, they're like, okay, this, the people here are committed yep. to providing a good experience. For sure. So just think about that. What about length? I know you said that, you know, you've got stragglers and sometimes after the events you go onto the bar or whatever. But for the main event itself, what what kind of a, a time frame do you work in? Uh, we book for three hours, uh, half hour for setup, half hour for teardown, and two hours for the event itself. The, I guess the fireside chat section, you know, is between, you know, about a half hour, like the first hour of the event is dedicated to talking and then Q&A and getting everybody situated. Um, and then the, the second hour is for general networking. And then once that hour is gone, we go and close her down to however long people want to stay. Right on. Well, Zach, this has been fantastic because I know that there are a lot of meetup groups that probably have just kind of fallen by the wayside over mm-hmm. the, the last two years because of everything that has happened. And I know I even put a thread in the the Vopreneur group, you know, who's hosting a meetup. And I, I put that thread in there to see who was hosting one so I could find somebody to interview for one. So that's that's how we're here right now. <laughs> right. But I noticed a lot of people saying, you know, well, we did run one, but it's kind of we haven't been able to do it much because of COVID and all that sort of stuff. And so I, I think now that things are starting to open up more and more in, in different areas and people are starting to feel like life is beginning to return, that you know, hopefully they're, they're going to get back to where they were with their groups and, and running their groups. And I think we all need that opportunity to just hang out and see people. I think that's evidenced in how, again, how excited we are about, you know, things like VO Atlanta or whatever. So for uh, the voice actor who's listening right now, if you're thinking about a meetup group or if you're thinking about it's time to revive your meetup group, hopefully you've been inspired by some of the things that have been shared here because Zach has given a lot of great advice and, and a lot of things to think about to make one of these things happen. So I'm, I'm really grateful to you for that, Zach. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And I'll, uh, actually, our next event is on April 12th. So if you're in the Vancouver area and uh, you know want to attend the event, um, just go to my website, zachsage.com slash TNVOJ, and there will be a little sign-up form, um, or you can just email me directly at zach at zachsage.com. And yeah, I'd love to have it. It's growing and... Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be good. And if somebody's got a, a question they want to ask you as a, as an organizer, if they want to reach out to you, uh, is is that cool? They can do that. Absolutely. All right. And the email that's the same Zach at zacksage.com, You said yes. Z a c k. I will put that in the show notes so that you can uh, you can see that and and send a message to Zach if you've got any questions. But hopefully you've learned a few things and this has been uh, inspiring for you, Zach. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck with your next meeting. And uh, I. BC is on my list, man. Hey, they're they're even offering tax credits for traveling within uh, the country, I think, to try to get uh, tourism back. So maybe I need to head out there. And and then if I, you know, if I come and speak at your group, then uh, I get to write the whole thing off as a a business trip, too. (laughs) There you go. It works. And we'd love to have you. Yeah, it's going to be a good time, I think. Thank you so much, Zach. I appreciate you. (laughs) Appreciate you, too. Thanks for having me. So much good information shared in this episode to make your meetup group run even better. Thinking about the space, thinking about your customer avatar. Who is the audience that you want to reach? Who are you going to build your meetings around? What is the agenda going to look like? Who are you going to have for your speakers? So many great little tips and tricks that Zach shared in this that 
hopefully takes your meetup group to the next level. And can I just say, if you are running a voiceover meetup group and you're looking for a guest speaker, send me an email, mark at markscottvoiceover.com. I would be happy to be a speaker, at least virtually anyway, at one of your upcoming meetup groups. If you are listening and enjoying this episode, can you do me a favor? Can you tag me on Instagram at Mark Scott? Share it in your stories. Let everybody know you're listening. Thank you so much for listening. and I'll catch you on the next one. The Everyday Vopreneur Podcast. Available everywhere fine podcasts are given away for free. Mostly, we think. Having your voiceover demos easily playable and downloadable on your website is essential. The VoiceAm player lets you do that across any device and browser. There are also options for adding play buttons in your email signature, tracking your listens, and even putting videos in your demo player. Sign up now at voicesam.com slash markscott and receive an instant $25 credit. For full details and to claim this offer, visit voicesam.com slash markscott. And scene. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for hanging out. Want more Vopreneur goodness? Jump online at vopreneur.com.